0: What song would define this restaurant for you? That's really tricky. I mean, I actually have to say right now, what is playing is "Tainted Love" by Soft Cell, and Soft Cell are one of my favorite bands. I was sat here the other night, and um, the music was great, and actually, like that, really made such a difference as well. And for me, you know, I, I think when you enter into a restaurant or hotel, like it has to be a full experience of all of the elements coming together. That's what I love about working on interiors, is it's about like world building and the kind of creating universes and all of these elements together. Make it happen. And I think when I was listening to the music the other night, it really kind of just. Sort of it clicked. Yeah, it clicked. Yeah. It's really putting a mise en scène together, a cast mm. for a movie when it comes yeah. to a restaurant.
1: If you could spend a moment with some remarkable people and discover what the life sounds like, what would you ask? Welcome to Our We On Air, an audio encounter. I'm Armando Fei. And each episode will feature one conversation with an inspiring friend of mine who will share with us the soundtrack to their life. Buongiorno and you beautiful people and greetings from sunny and snowy St. Moritz in the beautiful Swiss Alps. Some of you wonderful listeners and followers of the early days of Are On Air might remember this week's guest. It is none other than our dear friend the british artist and designer luke edward hall luke played an integral part of season one as he so kindly drew a weekly portrait of each of our guests and they were beautiful if you haven't seen them then go to our website rwna.com or scroll down our instagram page all the way to the bottom and have a look they are beautiful so fate had it that Luke and I ended up working on the same project this winter here at the iconic Kulm Hotel in the beautiful Swiss Alps where we caught up over a couple of delicious pisco sours at the newly beautifully designed Peruvian restaurant Amaro designed by Luke here at the Kulm. Luke and I covered his life soundtrack, of course. But more importantly, I wanted to learn about his process when it comes to designing. How does even one begin when you stand in front of a blank canvas or a blank room or just a sheet of paper. But it turned out, it doesn't matter what medium, it is the story that counts. You see, Luke is an expert when it comes to advice on design. As some of you might know, he's got a lovely bi-weekly column in my favorite newspaper, which is the Financial Times. No biggie. But we also talked about what makes a great restaurant when it comes to design, which let us talk about Luke's favorite restaurants all around. So do take a pen and paper, as I'm sure you would love to explore. On that note, Arby on Air is here in St. Moritz, as we are also here to work. We are hosting the newly beautifully designed Cool Country Club, designed by none other than Lord Norman Foster. And we will be here setting the tone throughout this winter season, with various friends of the show coming through to play some marvellous records. As always, everybody's welcome. But be sure to RSVP, especially for our New Year's Eve party, as it will be mad and space is limited. We do have a little surprise floating in from Paris and hopefully it would land on the ice rink right outside the country club. And I will be joined by our dear friends of the show, the lovely Fiona Zanetti and the lovely Perel. And if you haven't listened to their interviews, then I do highly recommend it now. If you haven't already, then do follow us on our brand spanking new YouTube channel as you can watch Luke and I chat over some pisco sours and admire his work where he takes out in details and explains why he chose what for what area. Anyway, on that note, this will be our last episode for this year as we go into holiday mode well not really as we will be working but i'd love to use this moment to share some love and gratitude with all of you to my wonderful beautiful listeners and my wonderful team what a marvelous year we had and a big thank you from my heart and to you all of you for listening for tuning in for watching for following for leaving us five stars on every platform and all those beautiful comments and feedback we are here and we are listening we're hearing and seeing you and we are super grateful I do hope you have a wonderful Christmas and New Year's and spend it with your loved ones and soak up some of that silence, cherish it, enjoy it and get ready for 2024. Much love and I'll speak to you soon. Luke Edward Hall, welcome to our on Air. Thank you. I can't believe, I mean, We on Air is what, nearly four years old? You were with us. In the first year. That's crazy. Four years. Isn't it? Three and a half or something. Yeah. Again, a big thank you officially now on camera and on air for drawing these ridiculously beautiful portraits of our guests and for the first season. They were beautiful. The guests love them. I love them. It's a pleasure. <sighs> love doing it. Love yeah. doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're here in Samuritz at the Amaru restaurant. It's amazing how in the past few years there's... I think it's a certain level of hospitality place, let's put it that way, where I get called in to work on a project and there's always some traces of Luke Edward Hall, (laughs) either he's been here here before me or he's um, just missed him. And this is the first time we're actually on it together. It's great. It's so exciting. And we're here in this beautiful restaurant, Peruvian inspired, and this is your beautiful design. Tell us all about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, so basically the cool got in touch earlier this year, but at the end of last year and... I came. I ca- I first came here like only in twenty nineteen, I think it was, but I was so kind of blown away by it. Like the hotel, the decoration is amazing. You know, Mongiardino worked in the early nineties on the lobby, and I mean, it has an incredible history with the decoration, but also his- history in general. Um, I read today that the dining room was the first room in Switzerland to have electric light. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about that too. And yeah, and anyway, they they got in touch with me and asked me to work on this new space, which uh, is Claudia Canessa, the chef's restaurant, and it's Peruvian food. And um, so from the beginning, the idea was to kind of bring together, like marry together, Claudia's Peruvian heritage, um, her cooking with the locality where we are here in San I mean... I love creating like fantastical theatrical interiors but I think it's best for me when fantasy is kind of like rooted in something real as well so you know looking at the amazing location of where we are in the mountains I've tried to bring those two quite separate things together but then there are also like you know they're both mountainous places so it's been really fun it's been a challenge and it's been really fun to bring those things together so we have this kind of the biggest feature, I suppose you'd say, is the mural across the vaulted ceiling, which is made by an artist called Timna Willard, who's um, in London. What do you mean? You were not lying here on your back uh, <laughs> I wish I could paint ceiling. like that. I can't do realistic, as, <laughs> as I was saying about my <laughs> portraits <laughs> of people. So, and I really wanted to work with her. Yeah. I wanted to work. She did the murals at the Walls League right. in London. Yeah, so I commissioned her. Basically, I said, look, can we do this oversized mural with local wildflowers of the Engadine mm. region, and she's done this amazing job. Uh, you know that the ceiling is such an amazing feature, oh, and there is this this vaulted space. So. Gewölbe. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it's just, and you know we couldn't we couldn't we didn't want to change much architecturally. Mm. It's such an amazing room, so it's about having fun with kind of color, pattern, cool. fabrics, and yeah, which is what we've done. So we've got the the, the painted ceiling. And then on the floor, this kind of antelope carpet. Bambi. You shot Bambi for the carpet? Of course, quite a few Bambis, (laughs) um, which I couldn't resist. I can never resist. Like every time I work on a project, I'm like, okay, no animal print. And then like, lo and behold, here we are are with a full leopard carpet, antelope.
1: Embracing the culture, right, of hunting as well here in the in the mountains and the and the forests.
0: Yeah, we could go down that route for sure. You know, it's a good neutral, an antelope or a leopard. So that was fun, and then yeah, it's been about having fun with fabrics. I mean, I, I've I've included some of my own fabrics. I've designed tunes hey. and bar stools. We made a pisco bar um, out of the fireplace, and I can
1: hear the pisco sour being made I in know. the background. I love it. Shaking them up. Uh, shake them up. I love the bar, and it's such a central piece with a fireplace.
0: The fireplace is amazing, and um, when we first started working on it, we were sort of like, what can we do with it? What can we... It was sort of lonely at the end of the room. So I think bringing, making it the feature of the room, turning it into a bar was, um, was the best thing to do. So that's fun. So you can sit there and have your biscuit sour and some snacks. And we
1: love a circular bar.
0: I love a circular yeah. bar. Yeah, exactly. So, and I kind of, you know, I just, I wanted it to be a fun room, Colourful room, a place to drink pisco sours into the night, softly lit. You know, I think that's what a restaurant should be, a a, a place to have fun and kind of a bit mischievous. And, you know, and I think we're kind of over the sort of bland international luxury look. I think people, yeah. you know, want places with a soul. And I yeah. have tried to kind of put that into it. And we have amazing artworks yes yeah. as well. I think that's why
1: we always end up at the same jobs, projects, mm-hmm. right? I mean, not just you and me, but certain mm-hmm. people, there's a handful yeah. of us you know, from different fields that somehow end up, because there's a shift happening, Mm right? Because I agree, people are, at least in the luxury sector, a bit bored of the very, it's copy-paste at this point, yeah. really, yeah? Oh, at certain places. Yeah. Like, okay, uh, it's very 2000s or very 90s. Oh, here, yeah, the beautiful Pisco wow, Sour, that's straight that's from great. Peru. Lima calling, I love it. You Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, cheers. Cheers. So many drawings of people drinking at the bar. Finally, we get to drink together. I, know.
0: <laughs> I have one the other day, it's delicious. Oh, that feels
1: good. Now, how challenging is it to balance or merge like such a broad, I love being eclectic, right? And so do you, which is great and fun, mm. but also very challenging when it comes to create something cohesive, right? Bringing yeah. in all these different worlds together and make it work. How, what's, what was your approach for this from, okay, we have Peru, we have the location, so we have the client, we have the location, yeah. which is already two opposites of yeah. the Swiss Engadine and the mountains. And then there's your personal style, the Luke yeah. Edward Hall style, yeah, your signature. So how much of yourself are you allowed to bring in? Mm. Or sometimes you, you hold yourself back, you know what? Maybe it's not this pattern. You know, I love it personally, yeah. but maybe not for this project. And what's your approach of balancing those two or three?
0: Yeah. No, it's a good point because I think any interior project, when it's not your own home, it's, you know, you are fulfilling a brief. And so there's always that element where you have to, you know, you are, you're there to to get the brief seen to you, done. But I think I've been really lucky in that generally the projects I've worked on, and I think the same for you. I mean, people want... What you're offering, and so they can kind of, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think people do want, you know. I mean, I mean, they kind of know what they're going to get if, you, if you're if you're coming, yeah. if you're asking me to work on a project, you know. And my approach will, with every project will always be quite eclectic, bringing in furniture from different periods, different kind of artworks, kind of outrageous color palette, normally <laughs> mixing fabrics, textures. So I think. um you kind of do know what you're what, you, what you're getting, but um, but yeah, it's always a fine balance. I don't quite know. I mean, I, I kind of just leave with what my heart says, and then it's always about editing, pulling things back, adding bits. And it's kind of like making a salad. I mean, I think mm-hmm. you know it was Nancy Lancaster who said that about she wasn't good at making salads, but you know, making an interior is a bit like mixing a salad or something like that. And I think it, there's no quite like perfect way to know when it's done. But I think it's often. I mean, my approach is to is to you know, I sit in my studio, I put out all my fabrics, I have all my books around me, and it's kind of like. A, a kind of fun. I love that process of, mm. of seeing how things work together. And then, yeah, I mean, I mean, this room, for example, I feel like, you know, I mean, no room is ever done, done, but I feel like it's, um, you know, I'm really happy with the balance of, I think you're, you're getting the engadine, you know, you're hopefully getting something. I mean, I, also, we didn't want it to be kind of like cliched Peru, kind of like, I don't no. know. I mean, it's a fine balance. Like, how do you get that across without kind of, but I think, for example, you know, I, we, we made a conscious effort, you know, I've done quite a lot of the drawings in here, the framed Smaller drawings, but then also I found an amazing artist for the, the larger objects, the paintings. He was a Peruvian artist. So, yeah. they like, beautiful, he, by the way. I love these. Yeah, yeah. I found them online, and I mean, I just. Really? He was oh, well. born in 19, uh, 1941.
1: Because here at AWE, and I have you, of course, talk about music as well. Yeah. Yeah. What song would define this restaurant for you?
0: That's really tricky. I mean, I actually have to say right now, what is playing is Tainted Love by Soft Cell and Soft Cell are one of my favorite bands. Not sure if this was um, on purpose. I don't know where this music's coming I know, from. I know, I don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> it wasn't from. me, <laughs> but, but actually, I like, like it. In I, mean, way, yeah. I think, um, well, I guess that's where you come from. Because um, I think, you know, I was sat here the other night and the music was great. And actually, like, that really made such a difference as well because I love music. And for me, you know, I, I think when you enter into a restaurant or hotel, like, it has to be a full experience of all of the elements coming together, you know, the interior, the lighting. Obviously, the, the staff, the other people in the restaurant, the music, everything kind of, that's what I love about working on interiors, is it's about like world building and the kind of creating universes and all of these elements together make it happen. And I think when I was listening to the music of the other night, it really kind of just, with a biscuit's hour and it kind of... It clicked. Yeah, it clicked.
2: Yeah. Sometimes-
1: I mean, it's really putting a mise-en-scene together, a Mm. cast for a movie when it comes to a restaurant. And if done right, they become incredible places, right? Mm. What defines a really good restaurant for you?
0: I think in a way, like, you have different places for different purposes, you know, different and different moods, different feelings, different experience. Like, there's no perfect, like, if someone was like, what is your favorite restaurant? It's quite hard because, you know, I mean... You know when we've been in like Positano and Dadolfo is like that is the perfect beach restaurant and when you're on holiday when you're in that when you're in Positano and you know sitting down in that kind of shack on the beach having like the best cunetata you could ever imagine it's like that's that's the pinnacle of that moment absolutely
1: that yeah within the context yeah, yeah.
0: but then um, when you're here and you're having you know you're, when you're on a mountain and you're having a, you're in a bar on the side of the hill having a beer and, and the Rusty. yeah 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 it's like, that's yeah. perfect yeah so I think I mean I think for me gen- generally. I love places that just feel like the most of the place. Like, that's what I want. Like, whenever I go to Italy, like, sometimes I go to Italy, for, well, I go to Italy a lot for work. And sometimes people try and take me to, like, contemporary mm-hmm. restaurants. And I get that that's a place, you know, I mean, I've just made a contemporary restaurant. But, <laughs> um, you know, I'm like, no, 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 no. no. I just want to go to a chataria, like, every time, every night. Because I just want to eat, like, the, the real deal, yeah. you know, and, and authentic and just of the place. Like, I want to know I'm there and I want that. that so, that for me is, like, the, the I guess, a perfect kind of expression. What's your favorite trattoria? My favorite trattoria? That's hard. I would say we love Nino in Rome, which is actually Tuscan food, but in, in I mean, in Rome. I love, you know, in Milan, there are some great ones. I'm thinking about La Latteria, which I love. A Metriciana in Rome, which has a little phone booth, you know, opposite the Opera House. Ah, Tamila in Florence, of no. course. Yeah, yeah, it's a top, 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 top. So Stanza in Florence as well is another favorite. And then Venice, Venice. Venice, Italy, not uh, LA. <laughs> 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 now,
1: before we get it, in back to the music and how you would describe yourself in three songs, just to give you mm. a little heads up. <laughs> yeah. How did you turn an idea, your idea, or your desire to become an artist slash designer into a real career? How did you do
0: it? How did I do it? Okay, well, I always knew that I wanted to be, I wanted to work in art and design from from when I was a kid. But I grew up in a very suburban town in England. Had a great, like, lovely childhood, great group of friends. I loved school. The good thing about it was it was close to London, so I could take the train to London in 45 minutes or something. But there was no real, like, way into it apart from magazines. So that was how I kind of got in like could see that there was a world of fashion and music and all of that stuff and i set my heart on going to st martin's and went there and did fashion design did menswear but then i graduated and i kind of realized i didn't really want to work in fashion i went to work for an interior designer and architect and then i kind of just started putting my work out there like i just worked i just worked in the evenings worked on weekend putting my drawings online like instagram was just starting i guess mm-hmm. and i was like just pushing stuff out into the world. I mean, I'm quite a shy person, but I've never really been shy about work. I've always, like, I've loved make like, I used to make a little magazine when I was 15, 16, that my friends would contribute to and my dad yeah. would photocopy yeah. his work and then I would give it out to all my friends. I loved stuff like that. Yeah. So I kind of just um was always putting stuff out and eventually I got enough commissions. I started getting commissions and eventually it was like, okay, I could leave my job and, and set my own thing up, which was in 2015. And then right away I started working on lots of different kinds of projects. But it was, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, sometimes now when people ask, like, what what do you what do you kind of say to younger people? You know, I think I think just don't be afraid of making mistakes and get your work out there and try and experiment. I mean, I was kind of making fabrics and doing embroidery use and like just kind of pushing stuff out with the hope that eventually people will kind of notice and give me some work, which luckily is what happened. But it you know it was um it wasn't overnight as well. But it took a while.
1: Still. Slow and steady wins the race.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: just, just churn it out. Just churn, just it, churn out. it out. <laughs> well,
0: I think it's like I think it's like you know I think I think it's not just like not being afraid of of putting work out there and yeah. kind of, um, and experimenting and, 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 um, having yeah. a go. And like, you know, I think, I think it's the only way to get more work is to do, is to do the work as well. Yeah. Like I think, I think it's like, Do it,
1: do it, put it out, take the criticism, take the mistakes. Cause yeah. you will just do it better. And that's how you
0: grow. And it's yeah. like, you just have to sort of get yourself, put yourself out there and it's really terrifying. I mean, when I started up, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get more than one. I, mean, I had one commission from, um, uh, to do, do drawings, my first ever like big commission. Was to do drawings for um, the park, uh, park, Parker and Palm Springs. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I did like 50 drawings of them for some, like for all of their kind of menus and, you know, collateral stuff. But I didn't know if I'd get another job after that. So, I mean, it was terrifying. But, you know, gotta do it.
1: Here we are. Well, first of all cheers to your career congrats <laughs> just another <laughs> excuse to have another sip of this delicious pisco cigar here at the cool Hotel at Tamaru.
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. it's good
0: it's good it's, good. it's really good
1: now how would luke edward hall describe himself in three songs gosh who
0: are you it's really hard actually i would say first of all but i mean i like a mix of i mean as we all do but i think that i have do have a real soft spot for the 80s so i think it would have to be in english Oh, actually, I'm going to do a soft Cell. I'm going to do um, Say Hello, Wave, Goodbye, which is mm. one of my favorite songs ever. Oh, wow. So Say Hello, Wave, Goodbye by soft Cell. So a bit of like 80s.
2: Standing in the door of the pink flamingo Crying in the rain It was a kind of so-so love And I'm gonna make sure it never happens again You and I, it Had to be the standing joke of the year. You were asleep around, lost and found, and not for me, I fear.
0: One of my favorite artists is a guy called Patrick Wolfe, who was someone that I was obsessed with as a teenager. He kind of mixes electronic music, folk music classical music he's an amazing performer i'm seeing him next week in london so i'd pick
2: something by him probably bluebells is one of my favorites from his band. lucy remember the smell of that fall the, fires, the fire is you were my husband, my wife my now this is our fight.
0: December and then the third one I absolutely love Anya said so probably something by Enya. why I just think that her music's incredible and I think actually you know I've read like so many things over the last few years about how so many people, contemporary musicians, people like Caroline Polachek and people like that have been influenced by Enya. Absolutely, yeah. Of her incredible arrangements. And they're quite weird. I mean, a lot of her songs are very strange, but completely like innovative and like the, her like layering of vocals and the kind of electronic, you know, they're all like, you know, they're all electronic. Also, I love, I love kind of like fake, you know, fake strings, fake, like I love synthesizer versions of proper instruments. Classical instruments. So, um, that's why I love Enya, but um, I listen to her all the time. So you listen to music when you're in your studio? Yeah. All the time. I listen to music in my studio, yeah. I mean, actually, I'm with as kind of song. I like to listen to music in a kind of private way, like on headphones. That's my favorite way. It's the most intimate way. Yeah. Because also, I'm like, my thing, I like, I, I'm one of those people that's like, okay, everyone has to listen to this, like, one bit of this song. Because it's really good. And then most people are like, I don't, that's, they're not interested.
1: Your favorite bit of one song,
0: me. Oh to my you. God, that's so, <laughs> I, can't, I can't do that. No, it's too weird. I'm trying to think. But I, I love that like I love this I love listening to music in a kind of sort of in my own little space. I love
1: it. Colors and historical motifs play such a vital role in your DNA. Where did this fascination come from?
0: I don't know. I mean, I've always loved history. I suppose. I mean, when I was a teenager, my Sunday job was working in a National Trust house. What's that? You know the National Trust. I heard of it. The National Trust is um, in England, and there's a Scottish version. It's a uh, it's the, it's the big charity that looks after historic homes oh, okay, and okay, okay. gardens and also lots of oh, countryside, I see, see, countryside see. as well. So any, like a lot of the big houses are um, owned by the National Trust. Um, anyway, there was one near me, a Tudor house called The Vine, and I used to work there in the cafe on Sundays with all of my friends like making sandwiches um, mm-hmm. for people. I think that was what kind of initially got me into thinking about old houses, because it's this incredible Tudor, Tudor mansion. I mean, I I just worked in the cafe with like an apron um, and a little hat. But um, I think that's what sparked maybe an an interest in old houses originally. But I mean, there are lots. I mean, I have a big love of kind of storytelling. You know, a lot of all of my work is about storytelling.
1: How does one create a story? How do you Mm -hmm. storytell with objects, with design?
0: I think, I mean, it's how do you do it? I mean, I think, you know, I think when I think about this, but in this space, you know, every corner there is a story that I can tell. It's like, okay, you know. Like I was saying about the, the mural, mural on the ceiling, it's by an artist in London who I want to work with. You know, we looked at the wildflowers flowers of Dengadine. We looked at some examples of murals in historic houses um, and then kind of mashed inspirations together to create the mural. You know, the artworks on the wall that are by me are all um, inspired by Peruvian landscapes that I was looking at slash local landscapes here. You know the fabric on the cushions is one that I had I to sign with a company in Venice. It's based on a kind of 1970s. You know, I love you know mm. the objects. I you know I, for me it's like with heritage and be, history. There has to be a story. Yeah. yeah, and it doesn't even have to be like historic, historic, historic. I just think you know I want I don't like I want to go into a place and feel you know that there are stories to be told in the objects, the antiques, the chosen pieces. And yeah, and so I you know I I love telling stories, and I think that's you know I I have a big love of mythology and legends and folklore and. Greco and Greco, you know Greco Roman, the classical world in particular, which I loved as, as a kid because I think growing up in suburbia, you know, it's like you know realizing there was sort of a fantastical world of like the blue Mediterranean and and kind of centaurs and witches and and magic and heroes. Roman Greco, that's yeah. what I think of when I think of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was the most precious
1: or obscure object you ever found, or maybe even used in a in, in
0: a job? The most obscure. That's interesting. I think I would probably have more like obscure items at home, I would say, than in a job. Only because this is, I mean, also this is only my third project. Really? Interiors, yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, in terms of like interior space, full full look. um, I'm still, I think think at home, I mean, I have a lot, I'm a big collector, so I have a lot of stuff and uh, various things. I mean, we, Duncan and I both are big fans of grotto furniture. Mm. So anything, anything, you know, grotto kind of Venetian shaped like a fish um, or a shell. We collect, so we have quite a few chairs and tables that, look, that are like composed of shells and dolphins.
1: I love it. <laughs> what are, where are the best spots to discover beautiful vintage objects online or yeah. in real life?
0: I'm just thinking, you know, I have a huge addiction to a website called The Sale Room. I don't know if you. The Sale Room? Okay. Yeah. I, have I think it's in other countries, but it basically like amalgamates all of the auctions going on. Oh, wow. So in okay. a country, because I mean, you know, there are loads of auctions going on all over the time, all over everywhere. And so you can go on and search for like, you know, dolphin chair and it'll show you any dolphin chairs that are for sale. At oh, any f- wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, I have a huge addiction because I'm constantly bidding on stuff around the world. Um, and Duncan's constantly like, OK, um, what's turned up at the house? And I do it like when I'm when I when I'm drunk, I sort of like will go and search leave bids. as it <laughs> I leave like absentee bids on stuff. I can't do like live bidding. Yeah, I like, yeah. like have a heart attack. Oh my
1: god, I've done it a couple of times. It's nerve no it's wracking for me. It's I've so done much. it once in the room. That's terrifying. That's terrifying because when you reach your limit, when you're like, okay, I you can't go, go over. It, of but there's such peer pressure. Everyone's looking at you like, come on, one more, yeah. and you're like, ah, I don't
0: want. <laughs> yeah, and then you have to do it. And then yeah, you're like fuck. I mean, I um, I leave absentee bids so. And then it's like a surprise. Like, oh, okay, I've won that. I I can't remember bidding yeah, on. I
1: have to show you a painting I recently acquired Sotheby's. Uh, Freddie Mercury uh, exhibition. It was the only thing yeah. that Amazing. was somehow reasonable. I mean, there were a couple of things I was bidding on. But yeah. thank God they just exploded into ridiculous kind of amounts. Yeah. When you don't feel guilty, you're like bad. You know, it would be like a little bit more than your limit than you know but it was like okay. when that
0: happens it's kind of like okay fine
1: yes yeah. so great fine, thank god yeah it's yeah it's all completely yeah but i show you that painting oh, you that sounds living. great yeah. Yeah, I'd love it was to in this that. piano room it's but was about wow. his piano it was two ladies playing the piano a uh, hundred years ago you love it because there's so much history behind it yeah but i might as well tell a story now but the house he was living in in london he discovered that it was like this couple an artist couple 100 120 years ago before that and they painted this the, the wife painted this painting of two women like one is just lying down, the other one's playing the piano. And he discovered it when he in the 70s or 80s, whenever he moved in there mm. and put it into his piano room. And oh, wow. as, for me it was like one of the most beautiful personal items of that auction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of great stuff, like his record collection and yeah, yeah. his incredible Goya etchings etchings uh, I really wanted. But yeah, you know, stuff like that. But or the garden door that went for half a million. Wow. <laughs> Which is, yeah, it's not everything or like you, you heard, I don't know, it was, I don't know, half a million, a million for his mustache comb. Wow.
2: Yeah.
0: It's, it's t- it was tiny, like a Tiffany silver mustache comb. It went for a ridiculous amount. But often I think it's, it's kind of more like slightly unusual objects that are not also like, I kind of think sometimes, you know, it's nice if like, there's a story if there's an amazing story to a piece but maybe it's not instantly exactly obvious as well so then you kind of tell the story but like to other people it's like if you wouldn't have been interested exactly
1: you know I, over the years i and i think i like the idea of going back to the storytelling bit, especially when it comes to auctions or mm. finding beautiful vintage pieces in any medium or being a, a, a jacket or whatever is exactly that like if it's not like immediate we know that the crown is going to be the Hit, right? Everyone's that understand the crown or a record or something. But if there's a story behind it, it's so much more interesting when you have to dig a little bit deeper, then it has more sentimental value as well, right? And
0: I like, I mean, I, there was an auction a couple of years ago from Sir Roy Strong's. You know, he was director of the VA age 34 or something crazy. And he's in he's in his 80s now. You know, I, I bought a few things from his auction and he he's obviously well known, but he's not like a celebrity. Mm-hmm. But I love that kind of idea as well. Of like, I love the fact that I own a few things from him that are kind of speak to me. Thing, and 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 his kind of what he's his work his books you know There's that kind of like personal like fascinated with someone and their work and you know they don't even have to you know they're not like a, a celebrity or something but there's a personal mm-hmm. you know connection yeah auctions, auctions. I mean junk shops is well I mean England's full of great junk shops so
1: I love it so to wrap up our little chat <laughs> what's the sexiest song
0: the sexiest song um, that's I think probably something by Prince when doves cry when
1: doves cry there you go. Love is me. Before we wrap it up, though, I'm curious about your fantastic Financial Times column that's going on every week, right? We love the Financial Times. I love the Financial Times. I think it's the most interesting paper out there, uh, especially the cultural section. We love it. Uh, shout out to the FT. How nerve-wracking is it? And what's, the, what's, what's it like to have a column in the FT?
0: It's great. I mean, I'm, I, I, I was super thrilled to be asked to do it probably about three or four years ago now. And I love it. I mean, I really enjoy writing. It's sort of not my day job, but I really love it because it's sort of a bit like drawing. Um, in that, it's when I'm most in my head. It's I can like it's I kind of like can turn the like turn the other the real world out and just focus on drawing or writing. And um, it's just a really another really nice expression, writing. So I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it, and it's sort of like a really lovely kind of rhythm because I do it. I used to do it every week. I now do it every every other week, mm. just because um you know this the, it's pressure just crazy the yeah yeah and, and 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 I but I love doing it. I love it. It gives a nice rhythm as well because yeah, I kind of put aside time to do it every other week and it's great and, and the thing is the Defty is the best you know it's the best it's the
1: best ever. full stop it's the yeah. best boom well to wrap up our little chat if your life would be a movie what song would play in the end credits? oh my
0: god <laughs> these are really hard because I have to like think about these things but I would say a song would be playing at the end I wonder if it would be a little Celtic jig I didn't mention Celtic music a Celtic jig I like it let's do that yeah, yeah. I think so I'm um, actually like learning to play the violin Whoa. because I want, to, I want to be able to like I'm not music I love music but I'm not gifted yeah. but I'm forcing myself because my goal is to like in 10 years be able to stand up in the pub and just play like a little Jake on,
1: a, on, my, arm, oh, on I, my arm fiddle I know you will be somewhere in Ireland I love it Luke Edward Hall it was a pleasure thank you for being on air with us and again thank you for doing these beautiful drawings for our first season and for all our brand new listeners who haven't been part of season one yet go and check out there on Instagram and on our website still all these fabulous drawings by Luke Edward Hall
0: thank you so much
1: thank you tuning in this week. If you want to listen to the full playlist, visit arionair.com or our Spotify channel. You can also find us on Instagram and on YouTube at arionair. And a big thank you to my wonderful team at Studio noi I'm Arman Lafey and I'll speak to you soon.